Welcome to episode 262 of the Design Details Podcast. I'm Brian Levin. And I'm Marshall Black. Got a good episode today. Yeah, uh, we do. We, we interviewed uh, another human being. Mm-hmm. Back, to, a, the, back, back to, to the old the, styles. <laughs> yeah, I don't think uh, we're not going back to interviews every week, but we definitely knew we wanted to mix interviews into the new format. So this is our, our first chance to, to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll we'll get into that here in a minute. Before we do, huge thank you to Envision Studio for making this episode possible. Envision Studio is the world's most powerful screen design tool that brings together design, prototyping, animation, and collaboration all in one place. It has a seamless connection to the Envision Cloud platform that you're already using anyways, and it helps you take your ideas and turn them into great digital products with one connected workflow. Envision Studio was created by working with some of the world's best design teams at companies like Zendesk, Uber, Salesforce, Shopify, uh, companies that I'm sure you know and maybe even use. Uh, The designers there are using and trusting Envision Studio's rapid prototyping, advanced animation, and collaborative features for all of their digital product design needs. Unlike old tools that were built for graphic design or static print design, Envision Studio is built specifically for a new generation of designers a.k.a. you, dear listener, who are creating projects for digital experiences. And you can try it now. Envision Studio is available for free, forever. They are in early access, uh, so you can get in and start making things today. That's at envisionapp.com slash studio. Go give it a try. Download it. Play with it. See uh, if you're already using Envision's uh, cloud platform for other projects. This is an obvious upgrade. And if, if you're looking for a new, more integrated workflow for your design team or for your company, go to envisionapp.com slash studio and give it a try. It's free. So thank you, Envision Studio, for making this episode possible. Thanks, Envision Studio. Marshall, we have a bit of follow-up. Yeah, just a, t- just a tiny bit. We put out a Twitter poll uh, during the week last week uh, asking about how you felt about the uh, conversation we had last week in uh, counter- or Point Counterpoint. Is that what mm-hmm. we're calling it now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> counterpoint and the the question was when when working on a new project should you go from sketches to wireframes quickly or should you try and take your time and 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 go through that process really slowly Mm -hmm. or uh does it depend and turns out it depends (laughs) depends. brian's cop out could have seen this coming (laughs) yeah uh brian's cop out from last week was accurate it seems as though uh, it says uh 64 of you said a bit of both sometimes you gotta go fast sometimes you gotta go slow but coming up in second is fast which is i guess kind of funny fast came in second but uh uh, 24 fast and 12 slow yeah it looks like uh y'all are speed demons Speed and, and demons, uh, but please, for the love of God, put us at one X. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can this be our bit forever? <laughs> yeah, 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 it's just a recurring thing every every week. Like, just slow down, y'all. Yeah, just slow down, though. Enjoy this moment. <laughs> uh, we're going to be posting more Twitter polls for episodes and conversations on uh, our Twitter account, Design Details FM. If you want to follow along and vote on future stuff, so thanks to everyone who voted, and uh, yeah, thanks for for everyone taking the cop-out option besides the 12% of you who decided slow was the right way. And you mm-hmm. are correct. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I would be in the bit of both camp as well. I think that's what I voted for too. Yeah, I think, I mean, yeah, I think I fall on a bit yeah. of both. I think I might've voted fast just for, you know, 
I don't know. Does that count as like nepotism? A little bit. <laughs> voting yeah. for my own, <laughs> voting for my own thing that I was arguing. But yeah, I think I think bit of both is probably the right answer, and you all agree. So you're right as always. We got this interview coming up here, and uh, I think it's a really good one. Hope you enjoy it. And uh, yeah, let's jump right in. Our guest today is Ihani Ekachuku. Hi, Ihani. Hey, how's it going, Brian? <laughs> good. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> how's it going, man? <laughs> well, yeah, no problem. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. You're you're our first interview after uh, after the change of the show with the addition of me. So this is this is my first interview for this whole thing. So uh, I'm probably going to stay shut up most of the time and just let Brian, <laughs> the master, take care of asking questions and let you answer those. <laughs> What's for me? <laughs> for people who who don't know you, can you? Introduce yourself. Uh, tell us a little bit about who you are. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, so, what's up, y'all? I'm Ihaya Kachuku. I'm a senior software engineer at GitHub. I'm working on a secret new project. Um, and I'm based out of Brooklyn, New York. Nice. Uh, I know you can't say the exact project, but can you talk a little more about what's going on at GitHub? And uh, You just joined recently, right? Yeah, I joined at the beginning of August. I can't say much about the project I'm working on, but I can say that it's really exciting and it's going to set the stage for like the future of the company in a way. Okay. I don't know. Not even that. It just is really exciting. Awesome. And yeah, you know, I'm getting to do full stack work there. So what does full stack work look like at, at GitHub? Uh, so traditionally it was like, you know, Ruby and JavaScript, mm-hmm. but um, I do think that uh, my team is cool because we're using Go. And React. That's interesting. So go on the back end, React on the front end. Yep. Are, are those languages that you've always been working with, or is this like also a new experience for you to to get to use those technologies? Um, I worked with Go a lot at DigitalOcean. Okay. And I haven't used React in like two years, so I'm like relearning everything. I'm like, whoa, the entire API has changed. Nice. Yeah, we did a we did a explain like I'm five about React for for Marshall two weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, I didn't know anything about React, and and Brian broke it down for me a couple episodes ago. But the good thing is now Marshall's an expert. So <laughs> yeah, I know everything there is. To, if you want me to teach you some stuff, honey, I can. I can. <laughs> That's a joke. I, I know nothing. <laughs> and uh, in addition to GitHub, uh, you're working on some side projects. Yeah, uh, I've been working on Seeker for almost a year now, actually. You know, only launched in April, um, pretty much as a job board as a service. Um, so you have sites like Design Details. Heard of it, heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Spec FM, Designer <laughs> News, Hacker News, Dribble, etc. You have these sites and these communities and just content-driven sites that need to monetize their content in some way, shape, or form. But people generally don't like ads, so what better way to monetize it and benefit the community and the readers than through a job board? Uh-huh. Uh, job boards have they're everywhere. Uh, a lot of like there's massive companies built around them. So I'm curious why you decided to dig into that as as a side project in the first place. Like, what was oh, the inspiration like, or wanting to break yeah. away from the the big players? I guess. I don't know. I got the idea from working on interface lovers. We um, have a job board embedded inside the application, right? Like, I was just working on it, and we are using Panda Jobs to power the job board inside of there. But I was like, why can't any site have this like type of experience? So I was like, I could probably build this. And I went on <laughs> and did. Nice. But what I've found is most people who go out and build side projects like this, are like, especially on the engineering side, 
tend to like to tinker with things and it's like, oh, I'll just make this thing and release it for free uh, and hope people use it. But yours is making money. It's like got a business model behind it and, yeah. and you're, you're generating revenue. How did that happen? So there's a fine balance of like figuring out how to monetize it. Like I like building things and open sourcing things sometimes, but like, honestly, it's like how much time and effort and like money I have to put into operating it. Yeah. It's like, okay, I got to monetize this. The business model started off as like commission only, um, meaning like when I had to deal with people getting jobs, supposed to your job boards, they can charge for them, right? So let's say they charge $100, I get 10% of it, like $10, not, and then like they get 90 minus whatever Stripe takes in like fees yeah. processing. Um, so that was like the core business model. But then I had a lot of people asking for features that went against the business model. Like some people were like, oh, I want a job board for community building purposes. I want to make it free. And I'm just like, well, you're getting like value out of the product and I don't get money off of that, you know? <laughs> yeah. And like it kind of just threw off the balance between just how the entire application works. So that's why I started making premium. I decided to feature gate something such as like, you know, custom domains, external JavaScript, free job board support, self-posting jobs behind the premium feature. Just because like you can make money and get value from the free tier of the product. Like I know people that are using the free tier and they still make money. Like some people have made like $750 or $1,000 without signing up for premium. But if you do need those premium features or want it to take it to the next stage of growth, by all means, you can sign up for it. And that's like $49 a month. How, how passive is this? Do you uh, have to do a lot of upkeep or does it just kind of work on its own? Be quite honest, right now it works on its own. There's a lot more features I want to add to it. But honestly, I've just been focused on my crew, like, career your and job job in. yeah job, <laughs> the top you know, secret one... project that's defining the future of github that's somehow <laughs> more so important get, I hope I'm not gonna get fired like but everybody like no like it's a really exciting project i think it was like very life-changing you know sure sure yeah it's vague enough i have no idea what you're talking about so uh, i think you'll be fine yeah i actually want to back up just a little bit so like the business model stuff's interesting but you said you were getting feedback from users that oh this pricing model isn't working for me I'm also interested in how you even got those first few users and got people to give a shit enough to give you feedback. That's like a huge hurdle for a lot of people building side projects is getting not only someone to pay attention, but getting someone to pay attention that actually cares and wants to use it. Yeah, I don't know. It just happened like uh, organically. I, you know, I posted to like, you know, the usual launch day stuff. Product Hacker hunt. News, product hunt. Yeah. Um, even post on Indie Hackers. Okay. And through, onto Twitter. And like, I don't know, I just got users, but then like, you know, users started asking for premium features and like somebody, the first paying user I got was like, I want to be able to do this. I will pay for, I'll pay you to like, let me do this. Like, I would love to be a first paying customer. And it was just like weird. Cause like, it's like, you know, shut up and take my money. Right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I did a spike of like just getting free job boards, um, free job support in like the user job boards. And that was pretty and then I got like a rough jank, like Stripe integration, like literally if somebody signs up for premium, I have to go into Stripe and like manually connect the dots and <laughs> I haven't automated it yet. Right? Oh man. Yeah. But like, you know, you got to do what you got to do to shit, you know? So, um, yeah, it just happened on a whim. I, I totally agree. And, uh, doing what you have to do to ship, even if it's like time consuming or not scalable, I think that's like the famous thing is do things that don't scale, uh, at the beginning. So I'm wondering how at this point you're finding the time to to prioritize any of those things like people are asking for features but you're trying to work on big github stuff 
Yeah. How do you even figure out, you know, where to spend your time? It's kind of a fine balance. I think the benefit of my new job is I get to work from home. Uh, So I have like, you know, mornings I try to wake up early, be productive and get some stuff like done before work, whether it's answering emails or like small, like uh, a few lines of code shit. And I also have like, you know, after work and everything as well. But I think from the core feature model, like I have a Kanban board of just like all the features I want into it, um, which ones are like, excuse me, prioritized, like in terms of importance. But I think like at the core of it, it's like pretty like 90% feature complete for like something like, I guess something that where I wanted to be and that I can focus on like, you know, marketing, sales, growth, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, what are the ambitions for this? Is it, is it at this point, just market the thing that's been built or can this be bigger? Can this become a platform and can it become like a sort of standalone business, I guess, or, or are you happy I'm with it hope- being like a side side morning morning evening Honestly, thing. i'm hoping that it becomes a standalone business like if you can like replace or supplement my um if it replaces like my income that i get from like working full-time i would that would be amazing right i'm not gonna be mad at that at all but if it um i'm still happy with it growing like it's only it's small right now like 350 dollars a month and like monthly recurring revenue but like i'm still happy with it steadily growing and like just slowly we'll see how it goes um, I'm trying to see it as like a marathon, not a sprint. So I'm not really in a rush. Yeah. Like maybe in five years that, that 350 will be 3,500 or something. And yeah, that'd be meaningful. even then, like, you know, I launched in April and it's at 350 now. Most people don't make money like right off the bat. Yeah. Like that, right. Yeah. It's still growing organically. So it's like growing at least for like one or two like premium features or premium users signing up like a month. Of course, it's been to, like some churn, but like still trying to keep that steady growth. It's like, you know, if I really wanted to make it into a business, so I'm just like not going to GitHub at all and just <laughs> like raise money or something like that to build it. But I'm like, it's not that deep. Like, Well, that's interesting too, is like identifying products that don't have to be deep. I feel like there's this temptation to turn small things into gigantic things mm-hmm. and not be satisfied with small things being small things. Like where do you, where do you fall on that sort of spectrum of, you know, Maybe it's okay that this is a small thing and it stays a small thing. I'm perfectly okay with it being a small thing because, you know, in my eyes, the way I see Seeker as a project, I don't even know if you ever said the name of the product like (laughs) this entire time. It's called Seeker. Seeker. What's the site? Seeker.company. Yeah. I don't think, you know, the way I see it or the way I view those type of things is that you don't necessarily need, I don't know, I'm not trying to like, if this thing makes me like a million dollars a year, that'd be great. But like, I'm <laughs> that'd be not pretty chill. To, that'd be pretty chill. No, <laughs> you know, I'd be okay with it. Small amount of money. Yeah. You know, but like, I don't know. Like, the way I see this project is it gives me freedom for me to work on it when I choose. You know, I'm not beholden to anybody, but maybe like, maybe my users at times, but even then, like, not really. But if I were like try and make it big or grow it or scale it, you know, like, I could have like tried and raised money for it and pitched to like investors and stuff like that. But like, I don't want to be beholden to investors. Really, I can build this and work on it I'm like in my free time and at my own pace. For sure. And and the site, it's simple, but it looks good. Are, are you also doing all the design and, and front end there yep. as well? Illustrations? Yep, yep. Uh, I got those from, what's his name? Steve Stroger? Is that his last name? I think Wait. he has like an icon set that I paid, Hero Icons. I paid like $40 for them whenever they're on sale. 
Is that They're the uh, solid. refactoring UI guy? Is that the yeah. guy? Oh, okay. Who we just talked about in the last episode. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's funny. Think, yeah. <laughs> okay, Rad. So, so you're doing all the design as well. And like, so we, we implemented, uh, we're using Seeker for the job board on Spec FM, and the API is really nice. So you've designed all the, the internal pages. This is all you. Oh, the internal documentation for the... Yeah, like all the API, the like oh, that's settings a, and that's management. a Python package, but... Uh, I see. Yeah, they did that documentation work. But um, no, I did all the website, like the job board design itself. I did that. Internal, like admin dashboard, did that design as well. Honestly, that's probably what stunted a lot of my growth, or not growth, development speeds because like even now like looking at it i'm just like it's too simple like i like simplicity but i'm just <laughs> this like this is too simple <laughs> i want to like redesign the entire thing but i'm just like no how you got to focus like on if your users aren't complaining like don't touch it you know if it ain't broke yeah. don't fix it do you have a, a design background at all or is this I have, a, I have a computer science degree and i have a design degree ah wow. tell me about that did you do those both at the same time yeah so i went to notre dame and graduate from there. There's a special program at Notre Dame called the Riley Program. And basically what it allows engineers to do, or people in the College of Engineering, you can get a BS in any engineering degree that you want, but you can also get a BA in any um, arts and letters degree that you want. So I chose design because I took my first programming class and this was looking at UIs and stuff like that. I'm like, yo, I suck at this. (laughs) (laughs) And so I wanted to get better at that and fill like the gaps in my knowledge. But I've never worked as, like, I never did an internship or worked full-time as a designer. I just went there for, like, the theory and foundations and to acquire taste, I guess. Ah, yeah. Taste acquisition. Did you <laughs> did you sort of try and nurture that skill outside of school and, and in your future jobs at DigitalOcean, now GitHub? Like, is there opportunities to sort of flex those design muscles at all? I think it's, I don't really create, like, you know, design mock-ups or do any of the UX work. Um, I think where it's really been beneficial for me as a professional is, especially whenever I do front-end um, engineering work, I can I know how to communicate with designers and I know how to articulate, like, why I feel something is, like, successful or unsuccessful. You know, a lot of people don't know how to, like, communicate. Des- like, sometimes designers and developers, like, butt heads. I think it's like saying, like, oh, I think this is unsuccessful because, like, or, you know don't you think like the lighting's a little bit too tight or something like that? Like give us a little bit more breathing room or don't you think that this um, isn't really, is like counterintuitive? Ah, uh, yes. All these designer terms. Totally. Yeah. You know, just throw it off. You know, it's like speaking the lingo, at least being able to empathize. No, like, I think totally. It's yeah. like why I got out of design school is not only like, you know, knowledge around like, you know, foundations of color theory, grid systems, like information hierarchies, et cetera, but also how to critique and like, you know, offer constructive um, like feedback and receive and also receiving feedback really well has been beneficial. Learning the lingo of a trade is interesting because a lot of the times the lingo is more, it's just an overcomplicated way of saying something simple, but it's used as a like gatekeeping mechanic to sound, to sound Mm -hmm. like it's harder than it is. Yeah. Do you have that with design or, or, or engineering or? I don't think so. I think at Digital Ocean and so far at GitHub, it's been really like I've never really had to use my design degree as like to be like, I'm one of you, you know, but like whenever I worked at a big corporation like IBM, people would like to try and make design decisions and use like the, the title. I was like, oh, I'm the designer. So like my opinion's right. But I'm just like, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm just like, I have a design degree, too. And here's why I disagree, you know, like. Or here's why like I disagree because like I don't like it when people use like kind of like their title to dismiss opinions of others. 
like I don't think as a designer or even as a developer, like if you're dismissing feedback of like, you know, engineers or even other users or just anybody, you know, that may have a different perspective on it, you have to be receptive to that feedback or at least consider it and like maybe discuss it rather than just like play it off like it would like you never heard it or that they don't know what the heck you're talking about. For sure. Yeah, you, I mean, the type of engineer you are is, is my favorite type of engineer, the kind that will call me on my shit and give me good feedback uh, as like as another designer, like like what you're saying, like, don't you think the lighting's a little bit tight here? Or maybe this yeah. is a little bit too complicated. Like that's that's yeah. the best thing <laughs> instead of just blindly going, OK, I do what you tell me to do. Yeah. And yeah. And I rarely actually like push back on designs unless something to me actually feels off. That's like, great. And like, I'm, it's not even like using lighting as the example, like for an example that like really came to mind was at one time there was like a modal that they wanted to pop up after 15 seconds. Oh no. And then they wanted like, yeah, which I'm, it's not even, I'm not even like mad at that. Cause they wanted to like register, log in, whatever. Okay, cool. So then they said, okay, how about after they close it, 10 seconds later, it should pop back up. <gasps> and I literally told them, I was like, I'm like, if y'all do that, users are just going to bounce from the site. Like, yeah. that's annoying. You're pestering them, you know? Yeah. Like, they really want to push them to sign up. I'm like, you're going to really push them to, like, bounce from our, like, you know, website. So yeah, That's how you piss people off. <laughs> yeah. The problem with that is it's going to probably increase conversion, but it's not going to increase conversion of the people that you actually want converting. Yeah. People that are doing it to get the modal to go away, not because they actually want to sign up. Yeah, and that was like the one situation where that they were like, "Oh, you know, I'm a designer and stuff like that, so I know what I'm talking about." And that's all just like, well, yeah, but uh, somebody who's actually built a fair amount of products, like, <laughs> you know, I think that's not a good idea. As somebody who uses the internet, I don't think this is a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. Well, you mentioned uh, IBM. You, you worked on Watson, is that right? Yeah. How was that? Not fun. Oh, really? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Uh, say more, please. <laughs> I felt like I wasn't growing there. IBM's an old company, and it's gotten better within recent years, but whenever I was there, it wasn't as good at, as it is now from my friends I still have there. They're still stuck in old, like, their old ways. People are saying, like, you know, I use this because this is what I'm most familiar with, rather than we're going to use this because it's the best technology or best tool for the tr problem, right? So I wasn't growing a lot there. I stayed there for exactly one year. But as soon as I like my one year hit, I turned my two week resignation. <laughs> Damn. Um, yeah, because if I had left there early, I would have refund like signing bonus money. So I'm like, okay, golden handcuffs. Yeah. I switched after I left there. I went to DigitalOcean. I learned more in like one month at DigitalOcean than I did in one year at IBM. So wow. that's how I was like knew I made the right decision by leaving there. And how long did you stay at DigitalOcean? Two and a half years. That's a pretty good run. Yeah, yeah, and I didn't even want to leave, but like. Just I was so excited by what I saw at GitHub, like that seemed like pretty game changing that I had to do it to him. Yeah. And some of the uh the folks from DigitalOcean are also now at GitHub too. There's been like a mini migration. Yeah. I've been uh, seeing a lot of them again. You and Joel. Uh who <laughs> yeah. else? Maybe some other folks. Yeah, no, it's a fair amount. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it seems like you have this pattern of, which is a great pattern of recognizing when you're not growing or when you're not happy and actually doing something about it and moving as yeah. opposed to just maintaining complacency and like, oh, this is comfortable and I don't have to change anything. I don't like being complacent. I try to tell people like, like if you have any word of advice, like what would you give me? I say like, if you're, if you're comfortable at your job, like the most, like the best or most amount of growth comes from whenever you feel like uncomfortable 
you know, not like uncomfortable in the sense of just like, you know, your safety being compromised, but uncomfortable in the sense of like, oh, wow, I don't know what the heck's going on here. Like, what is, what are they doing? I'm so lost or something. That's good. You don't run from it. Don't like hide from it, like fight it and like sink into the challenge. Cause that's how you grow to catch up and like level up. So that's why I like being at. And I totally feel like that I can't right now. I'm like, yo, what the heck is going on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you're th- three weeks in. That's okay. I had like so much product ownership at DO, or at least maintaining internal tooling and stuff. And then it's like back to square one, but I love it. I, I, I like the back to square one stories. I'm curious how people, different people sort of ramp up at new companies. I remember at, at Facebook, I had a pretty bad ramp up, mostly my fault. So I'm curious how your ramp up's going and, and maybe like strategies you have to get over this feeling as quickly as possible but i don't know what's going on i think i'm still ramping up i feel like i'm gonna be doing this for like three months at least you know sure it's typical yeah i started to hit the ground running in a way and like to ramp up i tried to you know get right into it of committing code shipping like features and just learning people's work styles there's a blog post called like career cold start i think it's written by some guy it's like on boz.com but he talks about like, you know, how you should just meet with people, ask um, random people in the company for 30 minutes at a time. And you ask them for the first 25 minutes, tell them they should tell you everything that they, that they, that you think that, or that they think you should know about the company. Three minutes should be for challenges that you think like the company or like the organization that you're in is facing. And then the last two minutes to be like, who should I talk to next? And like, who, like, again, listen, who they think that you should talk to or get to know and rinse, watch, and repeat, like, for all of that. And it allows you to, like, really... I'm using that, and so far it's been really good. Um, and help, it's my first time ever doing it, but it's been helping me ramp up and learn about how GitHub is as an organization, how, like, what each team and each pillar may be working on, um, or even the organizations inside my pillar um, are working on, so... Plus, it gets you in front of them, so, like, yeah. next time you're in a meeting, they know who you are, right? Yeah, I think that's beneficial as well, because I work remotely, right? So I'm not in oh, an yeah. office, I don't get to see people every day. You know, like I get to see people at the co-working space in New York every now and then. And like for the first two weeks, I was in San Francisco onboarding. But like, that's about it. Oh, so that's why you're in San Francisco is for the onboarding? Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Think you're going to stick in in Brooklyn or do you have any desire to be in the office setting with with other people? You couldn't pay me enough to move to San Francisco, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Not even a million dollars? (laughs) Honestly... Even then, is a hard sell. Like I can't even buy, you can't even buy a house with a million dollars in San Francisco. Let's be real. That's true. <laughs> That's very true. Yep. <laughs> I could never live in the West Coast because I'm I'm born and raised in like from South Carolina. My parents are still there, so like all my family lives on this half of the United States, not the other half. So yeah. So really, it's a logistical problem of time zones and and I just don't like the city. <laughs> you know. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. But the office is sick. It made me realize, like, visiting these, like, various offices while I was in San Francisco, I was like, dang, I thought, like, Dio had a nice office for New York or something like that. But San Francisco, like, you know, tech company offices are, like, next level. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. Went to, I went to Stripe's new office. I was like, holy shit. Like, yeah. It's a garden in the middle of the, like, freaking one of the floors. It's, like, wild. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty <laughs> crazy. Libraries are a thing. GitHub has a library in their office. Stripe has a library in their office, too. Mm-hmm. Like, Does anybody go in there? Does anybody ever pick up a book in there? Is it just like a... It's a quiet... It's a good room for like working in. Yeah. Like it's quiet. Yeah. I remember there was like a little library at Facebook and it's like old leather bound books. I'm like, who the fuck's going to ever pick these up? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Who cares about these dead trees? Ugh. But they're probably really good books. They just... Yeah. 
are in a very strange context. Well, who has time during their work day to like leave their desk and go read in a room? <laughs> like, yeah, I don't. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit more about side projects specifically? Uh, you yourself are a podcaster. Or yeah, at least you were. We were. <laughs> we were looking it's at the, the latest timestamps. So. retired. Yeah. So I started off podcasting after college with my best friend, Romeo. We both went to Notre Dame together. Um, me and him would always hang out and have these deep philosophical conversations about just anything because, I don't know, we're both engineers. We like overanalyzing things and breaking things down or at least like just talking about systems and a lot of things in society. And after we graduated college back in 2014, we we're like, we need to keep in touch somehow. Yeah, we could text, we could talk on the phone, but we wanted to do a project together. We are like, oh, well, we could do like a hardware project, but that's impractical because we're in two different states. We could do a software project, but Romeo's like, I can't code as well as you. And like, you know, I don't want to hold you back. or I don't want you getting frustrated, like, you know, with me. Romeo, um, you're a great programmer. I believe in you. I've never <laughs> met you. You can do it. <laughs> I'm like, Romeo, I've been trying to get him to switch from hardware to software for a long time. Still, still convincing him. But um, then we were like, I was like, I forgot who actually was. It was either me or maybe we were like, what about a podcast? And I was like, so that's how Two Black Nerds was like formed. We're just like, all right, we're just going to make a podcast and just have these conversations that we normally have, like catching up or talking points on over a mic. And that's how we got into it. How long did you do Two Black Nerds? Uh, I felt like a year and a half. Okay. And how'd it go? I didn't know well. Here's the thing that like was just mind-boggling to me about it was just like the reception was not what we were expecting it to be. It was like overly positive, but I didn't realize the power of representation. Like as much, like I never realized like the power of representation until like we did that project because I was getting random emails from like high schoolers or college students, people that are like, I want to do computer science, and it's dope seeing that there's like you know black people actually out there in the field and doing well in their careers. How do I like get into it? What advice do you have for me? How can I like, you know, actually, or what should I keep in mind as I go into college? Shoot, I was just in San Francisco at a house party. Um, and I met somebody, he was like, oh yeah, dude, I emailed you like a few years ago. And like, your advice changed my life. Like, he's like Crazy. doing, yeah, That's he's so doing cool. the product management at like Google now or something like that. And it's just sick to hear that. So that's what was rewarding for me. I wasn't doing it for like the cloud or like even like, the audience, but like it just organically arrived or like showed up and now it's trippy. So why'd you stop? Uh, Romeo went to grad school. Um, and once he was in grad school, he had a lot of homework to deal with and like, you know, studies and making sure he gets good grades. We also fell off after I moved to New York City. Like up in the process of moving, I had to pack everything up, you know, get into the swing of things. And this adjustment period was hard. Yeah. So we did record every episode like one-off episodes every now and then, but our routine had gotten so messed up that like it was hard to fall back into it. So I ended up, we ended up just like stopped recording. I hung out with Romeo back in July. Yeah. And we're still thinking about future plans for it. He has an episode that like can be posted soon. We're still editing it, but okay, get back into it. Yeah. So, so we can expect a resurgence at some point. Uh, not gonna make any promises. Uh, well, I mean, I'm gonna link to it in the show notes, so uh, people will be gonna be clicking on that. You might as well have a new episode. Yeah. The last one came out what, like uh, May last year? 2017. Sounds yeah. about right. Yeah. yeah. So we'll be back though. Like, also, it was just like was taking up a lot of energy and like time and like you know, things were getting hectic at work, and so I was like also just like balancing that. Like, time management's hard. <laughs> um, 
So well, it also seemed yeah. like a lot of the topics you chose because you were talking about philosophical things are kind of evergreen. Yeah. It doesn't really matter when you listen to them. So yeah, yeah. yeah. On the the point of representation, I'm curious what advice you would give to other people who maybe want to get into computer engineering or, or design from an underrepresented background that maybe are looking to someone like you as like, oh shit, how do I get there? Like what's what's that first step? Honestly, I feel like I'm part of like part of where I'm at necessarily isn't like skill per se, but more so I feel like I just have a lot of dumb luck sometimes. Like this being right place, right time, or knowing the right people at the right time. But I do think that, like, to get where, like, to be successful in any given career, it's like, I don't know, don't let your skin color, like, you don't, whatever your identity is, whether it's, like, you know, your race, your, like, um, sexuality, your gender identity, whatever it is, don't let that be indicative of, like, you know, your work as an individual. And, yeah, you you will have challenges and, like, deal with biases, but, like, honestly, maybe it's because I'm petty, but I love, like, proving my haters wrong. And I love like showing people up and being better than them. So, uh, like, so be competitive. Yeah, yeah, be competitive. I'm not really a competitive person, but I'm just like the best advice one of my mentors has like uh, ever gave me. He's like 40, 41, but he's been like do- he's a black software engineer and he's been doing this for like 20 plus years. He's just like, man, don't ever give people an excuse to like you know complain about you. He's like, and that's what I try and do. So. Those are my words that I am given to others as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Ihani, this has been a wonderful first episode with a guest on this new format. Yeah, uh, thank you. One one thing that we started doing is at the end of each episode, we share one cool thing that, that we found in the past week or something that we've been using or something that we would recommend to a friend. So if you're in, maybe we can get you to share one cool thing with, with listeners. Yeah, uh, I guess my one cool thing is my favorite product that we use at DigitalOcean, what's called LightStep, is distributed tracing as a service. Um, okay. Basically, allows you to see how. I know this is a design like po- like podcast or whatever. It's like design <laughs> yeah. details, not developer details. Yeah, yeah that's okay. <laughs> it's not cool. You're able to see how like traces of like how your request from like a browser goes to all of your like different like from the browser or client all the way back to your servers and through your different microservices and their execution times, the errors. You can log things on them like you want. And it's good for debugging and seeing performance bottlenecks. So Lightstep, it's really cool. Are you using Lightstep for Seeker or is that like a... I don't have Lightstep money. Like... Okay. Oh, this is an expensive product. <laughs> but it's cheaper than an engineer like managing a service, <laughs> like a tracing service itself, you know. Cheaper so, than you. <laughs> yeah, cheaper than me, but like still like way not... I don't need it for Seeker just yet. And Seeker is just like a monolith, so... But I do recommend it if you like work in a company that has like a lot of services or you want to get more observability into what's going on. I have no affiliation with them other than I've just been a happy customer or a happy user of the product. And yeah. All right. So design listeners have something to recommend yeah. or, or now they have a point of conversation with their engineering friends. Yeah. It's, hey, it's, you, uh, you heard of you heard distributed about this trace? It's actually, yeah. <laughs> distributed yeah. trace recording or? Tracing. <laughs> Tracing. Thank you. Yeah. No problem. <laughs> Cool. Brian, Sounds do you, like a, do you a have great, something? Great coffee break conversation. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I do have something. Uh, I don't know very much about this thing, uh, but I saw it kind of floating around the Twitters this week. It's called Clarity. Uh, if you go to embraceclarity.com, you can see this. But basically, I think this is just a spec, like an idea for a decentralized phone where both the hardware and the software are open source. 
I feel like we've seen a bunch of ideas like this kind of float around in the past, sort of how do we modularize the phone so person A could have 10 batteries and person B could have 10x the screen size or like, you know, customize the phone. But Clarity has some nice ideas around what a modular phone could look like, behave, behave like. They have nice mock-ups. The design of the site is fine. It's not responsive, but uh, <laughs> it, it's... It, so, yeah, actually, that's kind of a bad sign. But uh, yeah, that's awesome. They lost me at decentralized. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think it's interesting ideas. I don't, yeah. I can't pretend to understand it or, or even imagine most of this coming to fruition. But I think at, at a, like a principled level, I do agree that there's probably room in the world for somebody to think about how do we escape from basically being trapped into buying phones from one of two companies, running software from one of two companies. Like, there's got to be a different way of of helping people connect to the internet and connect with other people that doesn't rely on sort of the way the world has become in the last 20 years, I guess. So that's my cool thing is uh, clarity. It's fun to, to poke around and see what ideas are there. Cool. All right, Marshall. Oh, yeah. So so this is not a new thing, but this is a and I've been using it for a while, but this is a this is a cool thing that I think people will get some some use out of. So if you haven't updated to Mojave yet, uh, there's this thing called Moom, M-O-O-M, which is a contraction of Move and Zoom. It's basically a little pop-up window that that shows up whenever you hover over the little green uh, button in the stoplight on Mac. Oh my God. You know what I'm talking about? This looks awesome. Yeah, it's great. So it does all the normal stuff you'd expect. Like you can drag over to a an edge of the screen and it'll show the, you know, move the window to be sized to like half the screen or the top half or a quarter or whatever. But the thing that I like the most about it is it actually has a, a region drawing uh, aspect to it. So you can split your screen up into as many little boxes as you want. And then you can draw exactly the region that you want the window to size to. So um, at work, I have two uh, 27-inch monitors in my laptop, and I have, you know, Sketch is going to be in the main front monitor, but on the side monitor, I have, like, email and my calendar and all this stuff laid out in a very specific uh, organization of how I want all of my uh, apps to look. And this this makes it really easy to set that up. There's another tool I could tell you about that makes sure that whenever I plug my computer in, everything goes back to where it was. Ah. But uh, that's called stay. But that, this is called one cool thing, not two not cool two things. Not two cool things. Settle down, Marshall. <sighs> Sorry, uh, but yeah, Moom is awesome. It's a it's a great little utility. It, it and, and it has basically no interface except for when you hover over that green stoplight uh, button. But you said it does not work on Mojave. I don't think it works on Mojave yet, but um, I'm I'm hoping that they will update. But yeah, if you're if you're on the old or the current thing, what is the current one? El Capitan? Or no, wait, what the hell? I see are Sierra, I see. yeah, hi Sierra. Yeah, is it tiger? Marshall. Are we on um, <laughs> leopard? Uh, <laughs> Snow leopard, actually. Yeah. Anyways, yep. That's that's my cool thing for this week. Ihani, thank you for joining us, man. This was no, thank uh, this you for is good. Me. It was great. It was fun. Yeah. Hopefully, we can do this interview thing more often. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, next time you're forced to come to San Francisco, we'll have to catch up <laughs> to yeah. this terrible, terrible city you hate so much. To this so terrible, much. cold city. I will literally uh, be there in October. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. Well, let us let's know, get, man. Let's get ramen or something. All right. <laughs> All right. That was episode 262. We hope you enjoyed listening. Thank you to Ihani for joining us and getting to share his his projects and his story and what he's working on right now. Go check out uh, Seeker.company if you want to follow along with his side projects. And of course, if you are following along with GitHub, I guess we're 
we're going to see some cool stuff in the future. Yep, I'll put a link to his uh, Twitter in the show notes too if yeah. you want to follow him there. So thank you, Ihani. A huge thank you to Sarah and Drew who made this episode possible with their uh, production and mastering and audio wizardry. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. Couldn't do it without you. <laughs> literally, literally, literally could not do, do it without, without you. you. <laughs> yeah. And of course, go give Envision Studio a try right now. Envision Studio made this episode possible. They are the world's best screen design tool that's bringing together design, prototyping, animation, and collaboration on top of the existing Envision Cloud platform. You can try it for free today at envisionapp.com studio. It's going to be free forever, and it's going to change the way that you and your team build digital products together. Give it a try at envisionapp.com studio. It's going to change the way you work. I guarantee it. Marshall guarantees it. That's a personal guarantee. If you are looking for more podcasts for your ears at this moment in time, go to spec.fm. We've got a podcast network for designers and developers just like you. I like Layout. Layout, Layout's my favorite one that isn't this episode, that isn't this podcast. Yeah, yeah go listen to Layout uh, uh, with uh, Rafa and Kevin. Before we go, of course, be sure to, to join us on Twitter. We're at Design Details FM or join our community on Spectrum at spectrum.chat slash specfm leave us a review on those itunes oh, yeah. we uh we like that we like those reviews those those help us a lot and it's a great way for, for you to give us feedback yeah give feedback but it's, it's our preferred that, method yeah it's a preferred method yeah <laughs> option one yeah itunes review link in the show notes bye bye